Welcome to the Live, Sell, Die podcast. Well, g'day listeners. You're with Sue Ellen from Live, Sell, Die and I'm joined by Will Reed and a man that is no stranger to the media these days. He's sort of become quite infamous and that's Aaron Young, Commodore of the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron and Commodore during what is an, an incredibly interesting slash frustrating, confusing and exciting time. Uh, for the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron as we come into the 37th America's Cup. Good morning, Aaron. How are you today? Morning. Um, yeah, good. Uh, we had an interesting meeting last night, our AGM. And look, I think it went pretty well. In fact, we're on track to be, it was the fastest AGM on record, uh, probably for the first 25 minutes with not a single question and everything ticked off and, and a great financial result. And, and very positive until we got to the topic of America's Cup 37, and that took about two hours. Yeah, so that's why we're obviously having a chat here today is that um, the annual general meeting of the squadron took place last night. And like you said, normally AGMs consist of, you know, maybe a couple of rule changes, talking about subscriptions, you know, introducing new flag officers or new committee members. But it was the America's Cup that drew a crowd of, what, over 150 odd people within the squadron and then what another 180 people on zoom would that have been your biggest agm in recent years we had a couple of big members gatherings where we had updates from from team new zealand and so on but i think certainly in recent years that was probably one of the larger agms and it was tricky to run because of that you know we had to have the zoom platform and i can't see what's going on on zoom uh we had 100 in, in the ballroom and 100 in the dinghy locker. In the dinghy locker, I can't see what's going on, and I can hear some noise at times, and possibly not always good. But um, I hear there was some banging on the doors from the dinghy locker of people wanting to try to break into the ballroom to get closer to the action. A couple of people asked, wanting to ask uh, questions, and they got their turn. Everyone got their turn, and that that's really important, actually, that that everyone gets their say. That's what a members club's about. Everyone's got to. You know, entitled to to uh, their opinion and, and offer communication and feedback. So, all right, so let's get into it because we know that uh, it's hot on the topic of everybody in the sailing world at the moment, and that is the funding and how it's going to actually happen and how Team New Zealand and the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron could actually pull off having the event here in Auckland. I, I think so. And the first thing I probably want to say is that the club is a yacht club. The Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron is the trustee and the custodian of, of the America's Cup. And we aren't the team. And we're not involved in the detail of the finance and how it's spent and where it's spent and why it costs so much. So we really take the team's uh, reliance on it and, and, you know, 30-year history on that and take their word for it that that's what they need to successfully defend the America's Cup. So we're not involved in the in, in the in the detail there, and we don't. We don't. You know, it's um it's not for us to say it's right or wrong or otherwise. It is up for us to up to us to support the team, and hopefully defend the America's Cup in twenty twenty four. Okay, well you say that you don't get involved in the funding or anything, but can you comment on, you know. The America's Cup, this next edition, was meant to be more affordable with the repurposing of AC-75s, yet it still seems to be costing an arm and a leg. And, you know, it seems that you need a doctorate in forensic accounting to understand it all. I mean, are we ever going to see, 
the America's Cup go back to being an affordable event or have we just gone too far now with uh, design, technology, advancements and it basically becoming the Formula One on water? Well, it does look like it's heading a bit that way with you know, F1 teams involved and wanting to be involved. And whilst that's, I guess, on one hand, positive for the sport because it, it moves it on, it's very technological and very um, uh, advanced, it does make it harder for a team like Team New Zealand who have traditionally done things for less. Um, will we go back? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, one unique thing about the America's Cup is to make the rules, you've got to win the thing. So uh, when that, you know, when that people can criticise and comment all they want, but ultimately win it, you get to make the rules. Next time round, um, according to the protocol, um, the, the intention is, of course, to sail the same boats next time around. So in theory, costs should continue to, to come down. Look, there's a lot of boats in circulation, or there will be more boats in circulation. There's the youth and, and, and the Women's America's Cup, which, which I think help grow the event. So some real positives. So I just want you to have an understanding of when, when Grant Dalton says that there's a $50 million shortfall in the funding and they can't win with a $50 million shortfall, at what point does winning become about money and not actually about talent on board the boats and the talent behind the scenes? Is it because you can't afford that talent? I say in the America's Cup that um, time is your biggest enemy, if you like, and your biggest cost is people. So there's only a certain number of people, and I guess they cost a lot of money that, that, you know, in, in that, at that end of the... Uh, the spectrum and if we look at the challenge of record as an example uh you know we, we it's well documented they're tied up with uh, mercedes f1 and, and whilst that brings some i guess mana to the to the event it does increase costs whether we like it or not and people are going to spend what they're going to spend it's the same in, in everyday life if you've got more money you're going to spend more money if you haven't got the money you're not going to spend it so i don't think the america's cup's any you know anything unique in that regard now you seem to have a direct dial to our prime minister jacinda ardern have you actually picked up the phone given her a call and said hey listen we hear that you're basically just giving money away why won't the New Zealand government consider actually trying to fund this so we can keep it in New Zealand? Tourism is needed in New Zealand. We need to relaunch the marine industry. We need people in New Zealand to have something to look forward to. Couldn't agree more. Love to Pick see up the phone. Here. Pick up uh, the phone, give her a call. Um, look, I guess there are some other priorities for the government. And, and, you know, we've got to understand that the world itself is probably not in the in the best economic state to look at things such as uh, uh, an America's Cup, which is realistically speaking, you know, relatively um, a specialist event, if you like. So, yeah, we've got to bear that in mind. I mean, the government have supported it currently, or their offer is, you know, was there, and, and we're all quite comfortable with that. I don't believe anyone's asking for any more money from, from the government, but Look, it'd be nice for the country to have something to look forward to in a couple of years and get Auckland and the and the country going again with a with a positive event. Hang on, you just said that there was money from the government. Are you saying that that money is no longer available, or is it still there? A number of months ago, the government actually withdrew the offer, but then you might have heard 
Grant Robertson mention uh, during one of those COVID press conferences that they would um, look to reinstate the offer, but it wouldn't be going up, as I recall. And just remind everybody what that magic number was from the government. So the, the big the big highlighted number, I suppose, was 99 million. And I think it's fairly well acknowledged that most of that was value in kind. So the reality of that 99 million equates to 31, 33, somewhere in that sort of vicinity in, in terms of cash. I guess there's just, just one thing that I'd like to sort of touch on. Uh, I'm a member of the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron, a very proud member, and I've um, been receiving the Kiwi Defence emails from Mr Dunphy. And recently he put out in his latest email, he actually published your email address asking for people to give you feedback as such. It was, it was a um, open letter in the New Zealand Herald as well, and it was a full pager. And I remember opening up the paper the other day and seeing this letter and seeing Aaron's email. Which, to be fair, Aaron, uh, we find to be quite disgusting. And I just want to know, you know, from your point of view, because at the end of the day, you're just a yachty like the rest of us who just happened to become Commodore during this uh, very interesting time. We just want to know, how are you going personally? How's your mental well-being around this whole thing? Well, I mean... I was as shocked as anyone to see my email in the in the newspaper in a paid advertisement. And I don't know, the return on investment can't have been that good because I got about 45 emails from that full page ad. And of those, 40 were from the public and about five were from members. And of the five were from members, about four were supportive. So I think on the whole, we're, we're doing the right thing and we're... we're you know, we're looking after the club, which is what we are obligated to do ultimately. And the club goes well beyond an America's Cup. That's what we've got to consider. It's a, it's about you know Wednesday night sailing and Saturday winter racing and um, you know club club sailing and club activities. So I couldn't that- ag- couldn't agree more on that. Actually, uh, a little bit of um, fresh salty air on Wednesday during the the Doyle Sales Wednesday night series, and I swear to God, my whole being just became so much happier. So just you know, the squadron just focuses so much on all of the other sailing that goes on. In the big scale of things, the America's Cup. How much time though does that actually take from you, and does it actually take away from any of the other events that you guys are trying to achieve? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I've been involved in the America's Cup, I guess, since Team New Zealand won in 2017 and thousands of hours, thousands of hours since then. And that's all volunteer hours as well. I mean, you're doing this because of the love of the sport and the love of your club, which you have dedicated, what, years and years of your life to. Yep. Yeah, people say giving back to the sport, giving back to the club. And when you first... I guess, sign up to be involved or, or get asked to be involved in, in a committee. You, you, you take it on the chin and you, you have a go and you help where you can. And, but I'm a genuine believer. If you don't put the time in and put the effort in and, and give something a, you know, a bloody good go, you're not going to get much out of it. Um, and your heart's got to be in it. Um, and I can say hand on heart, I've done the best I can. And, and we won't please everybody all of the time but we're doing the best we can for the club and, um, and the America's Cup's part of that. But the club racing and the um, 
club events. Uh, to the to the normal member, they are you know, more meaningful and will be more meaningful when we don't have the America's Cup because there'll there'll be a day we don't have the America's Cup again. Um, as as oh so yeah so just touching on that Aaron um you know I'm a I'm a I'm a member of the club um uh, you know did YTP that was pretty epic experience um and I think one thing that a lot of people probably are missing um are that what is in the best interests of the club may not be in the best interests of the wider public and I think those that's a really important distinction to make and it. <laughs> Often they align, and that's great. And I think, you know, one thing that we can all agree on is that everyone wants the cup in New Zealand. You know, we'd all love to have it here and walk away as millionaires with an extra couple of inches, but that's not real. So, I mean, how do you juggle the fact that you, you know, you're a Kiwi, you, you love watching the cup at, at, here at home and, and on the Waitamata Harbour, but at the same time, you've got your Commodore's hat on and you've got to do what's in the best interests of the club. There's no doubt, Will, that we, like everybody, well, you know, 90% of people want the, want the next America's Cup here. And we've said that all along, openly, publicly, and, and stand by that to this day. We also have, the club has an agreement with, with Team New Zealand and has done for over 25 years. And we need to fulfil our obligations, not only to the team, but also to the challenger of record, which relates back to the Dita Gift and the America's Cup. So there's a very, very fine line between our involvement in the event and what, what and where and how the event looks like. So, I mean, we, you know, we'd love it here. I'd, and we're still trying to do everything we can to, to have the event here. The reality of it is, is the objects or the, it, it's called objects and the rules of the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron, believe it or not. And it probably should be called objectives, but um, the rules are, are pretty old. So we, we are there to support Corinthian Yachting and for the development of the squadron. Now for that to happen, maybe the best thing is for us to retain the America's Cup, wherever that event may be that might be a way to achieve our objective. Mm. Probably not our preferred way, but it may be a way. Mm. I, okay, Aaron. So you've just basically said that if it does go offshore, and there's a very good chance that it will, if New Zealand does retain, will the event come back to New Zealand after you've won it again? Probably more a question of the team, but I think you've got to take that step by step. You've got to win it. You know, we can't think too far ahead. No one can. Yeah. And you're assuming a post-pandemic world. You know, this got touched on last night. And we actually, you know, for the last two years, we've been trying to make plans for however far ahead. I've got a tricky question for you. You, you know, you, the squadron's got a relationship with Team New Zealand, you know, over 25 years. Has the squadron given Team New Zealand too much control? So the agreement dates back 25 plus years and there's been tweaks and modifications, but the team and then the club have a great relationship now. I mean, we are, we need to work together. You know, the team are in trouble without 
a yacht club and the yacht club doesn't have an America's Cup without the team. So it's in both our interests to actually work together. There's no benefit for either of us to, you know, fight. Yeah, we we have some some pretty pretty good discussions, and you know, we um we don't always agree, but there's healthy respect, and there's um I guess the common goal to win the America's Cup again. There seems to be a lot of angst towards Grant Dalton uh, from the general public and from sailors as well. Uh, again, tricky question for you, but is he the right man to lead the team? His record probably speaks for itself. I mean, yeah, if we look at the room last night, as an example, there weren't many in that room who could say they've won the, the Whitbread, you know, the old Volvo, so to speak. Uh, America's Cup more than once. And yeah, it picked Team New Zealand up at the time when, you know, they were, um, let's just say, very, very close to being non-existent. So, I mean, well, Grant Dalton's job isn't to be friends with everybody. His job is to win the America's Cup. And you'd have to say he's bloody good at doing that. Yeah. And I think one thing is really interesting is you talk to the people who've been in the team for however many years now and you know, post-Bermuda and all of that. And the credit they give Grant Dalton it speaks volumes. And, you know, Grant can be a prickly character, but I think he's a competitive, extremely driven person. And, yeah, again, the proof's in the pudding and the, and the, and the belief that his team has in him and, you know, the collective as well. And we even heard Jim Farmer mention last night, he said he can be very inspirational. And, um, you know, Jim... Uh, I guess, worked for the team for 10 or so years. Um, You're a winner. It's proven. Who are we to say otherwise at the moment? You know, they won the cup. Team New Zealand won the cup. Easy to criticise from the sidelines. And there is a lot of criticism, but I think, you know, from our point of view, I mean, we think the man's done a great job. I mean... He probably doesn't look at us in any other direction apart from just straight through us. But, you know, the respect that we have for Grant Dalton and what he's actually done for New Zealand, it's, uh, it's pretty high. So, Yeah, it's a, it's a shame there's so many critics. But, you know, I guess you get that in any sport right at the top. Um, you could argue tall poppy syndrome is alive and well. Actually, that's one thing in New Zealand that I have noticed. <laughs> Um, just, uh, just another question. Just, I mean, obviously talking about venues and, uh, you know, look, we've touched on it. Everyone's touched on it. We all want the event in New Zealand. That's neither here nor there. Like that is an absolute fact, but we also know that the chances of that happening are just getting smaller and smaller. So let's just have a chat at the moment about the most controversial location being Saudi Arabia. Now the formula one has just been there. Lydia Ko just won a golfing tournament there. So why are sailors so against this location and why is the cup any different to golf or Formula One? I mean, from the club's point of view, I mean, we have not been presented with an, an option to, um, to consider Saudi Arabia. Yes, it's in the news. It's, in, um, it's being speculated. Um, and you make some really good points there. I mean, F1 was there last week. Uh, Lydia was there two months ago. Um, lots of tennis 
international tennis events played there. Um, look, there's been no sailing events there. So I suppose it's because it's new, like anything new, um, we naturally shy away from it. And it's it's one of those things you you know, you Google something and you, you come up with the, the, the first sort of search result and it might not be all positive, but, you know, you've got to dig deep. You've got to look at, you've got to consider everything. You'll have all the facts, all the information before you can make any decision. And um, I think that part's really important in, you know, in, in business and in life as much as, you know, the America's Cup. So you, uh, you've said that um, Saudi Arabia has not actually been, uh, you know, put on the table as an offer for a venue. So tell us about the ones that have and the one that is kind of creeping to the top of the list. What's that one? Oh, come on, you tell me. Uh, the venues are still being worked through. I mean, we've got till the end of March to, you know, to look at something. And we're still hoping it could be in Auckland, but... We just got to find a bit more money and we've got to ensure the government supports there and the team have got to um, also back themselves and they said they have, they said they will to find that extra you know 80 odd million but that's no small feat in today's you know, I guess commercial market it's um, you know some reasonable numbers a lot of people are saying to me and and others look there's plenty of money in New Zealand well there, there may well be but is it flying to the America's Cup yet? You know, go and see Team New Zealand. Hey, yeah. hey, come on, come on, Aaron. Now you're tap dancing around this one. Come on. So where would the venue be if it's not going to be Auckland? I've got no idea. Got no idea. There's a number of venues on the on the table and they're and they're all being discussed. And as I say, the squadron, uh, from a club point of view, we we have a um a responsibility as and when we get presented with something. We'll we've got a we've got a process that we follow and it goes through the general committee. And we look at every possible, I don't know, positive, negative uh, consideration. We work our way through it. And, um, you know, hopefully we end up at the, the same result as, as Team New Zealand and support that and go forward and win the 37th America's Cup. So if it had to be an offshore venue, where would you pick? Um, well, a sailing, a sailing nation would be nice, wouldn't it? Because, I mean, at least it's, um, you know, we all get to go on a good holiday and, Enjoy ourselves. Part of the American party, <laughs> let's be honest. I'm not going to get anything out of you here on this one, am I, Aaron? No, look, it is early. We've still got a while to go. I'm hoving to go away on the boat and enjoy Christmas for a while first. So. Uh, yeah, aren't we all? So just on just on Team New Zealand and the Sailors and what have you, we, you know, obviously they signed uh, Nathan Outeridge and we hear that Andy Maloney and Josh Jr. are back. Uh, are there, you know, what about Glenn Ashby and Dan Bernasconi? Have you heard anything about, you know, those guys behind the scenes? Yeah, they're all involved. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really positive. The team are building, you know, really nicely. They've got a good base sailing team there. They've got the and designers are critical. The designers and the engineers and the, the titles that I can't even say the names of. They're they're the, they're the ones who the fastest boats always won the America's Cup, right? So. The, the guys in the office and the, in the Team New Zealand base are, are vital. And that's why some people say, you know, start with a new team. Well, good luck. I think um, last night at, um, the figure that was mentioned that was spent on design was something around 25 to 30 million bucks, um, which would figure given how much they're, well, pushing the boat out, I suppose, to use an analogy. I guess look at the challenge of record 
as an example, um, Ineos Britannia Royal Yacht Squadron. Big, big numbers, big designers, qualified designers, <coughs> F1 teams. It's hard. It's hard. It's going to be hard to keep up with. It's hard for little old New Zealand to hang in there. And we've got to back the guys and back the team. I mean, New Zealand does have some of the best sailors in the world. And, um, you know, we've obviously not seen the famous Peter Burling and Blair Tuke sign on yet. Do you know anything about what their sort of plans are? Do you think we're going to see them sign on for Team New Zealand or do you think they're going to wait to the last minute? My guess is probably as good as yours, Swellen. Um, I've got a theory, but I don't think I'll publicly say that. Yeah, I've got a few theories too, but no, I, I don't know. Not, no, not for me. I'll concentrate trying to sail my own boat and run a club. So just on that, Aaron, I think, you know, a lot of people do need to be reminded that you're just a yachty like the rest of us. Um, so, you know, for those that have been focusing so much on Aaron Young, Commodore of the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron and spokesperson for the club for the AC37, tell us about your sailing and tell us what actually makes you really happy when you're on the water. I haven't been doing as much sailing as I've liked lately. Well, we've been <laughs> in lockdown, so regardless of that. <laughs> That's the first thing, of course, lockdown, but... I've been doing a lot of talking about sailing over the last few years. And um, here, to be honest, at times it's been hard to concentrate on, you know, on your own sailing and your own business and your own life as such, because it's pretty all encompassing and it's, it's pretty, it's tough. I, I, I won't deny it. It's, it's bloody hard at times to deal with something as a volunteer that you are not necessarily, um, you know, you, you sit in a room full of all sorts of people. They're all being paid. You might be the one who signs the document off and you're the only guy in there who's unpaid. And it's it's really odd to think back and I think of some of the council meetings and so on. It's it's tough. But you're in it. You know, someone said to me last night, I said, oh, do you want to do another year as Commodore? So I'm not, I'm not sure, but walking away right now would be the wrong thing to do for the club. You know, I would, I wouldn't do that. So I agree I'm with that. Hundred percent. You know, I guess popular with, you know, with every member, but hand on heart, I'm doing the right, I'm doing the best I can uh, with the support of the committee and, and I believe the support of, you know, ninety percent of members to try and do the right thing for the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron. And that's all I can do. Is the personal sacrifice worth it? I'll look back one day and I'll be pretty proud, I think. Yeah, it's hard right now because you're in it. You know, you're right in the midst of it and you you know, we'd all like to see a, a really positive outcome. Um, and we're working towards that, but. No, so just on the, um, the, the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron Youth Training Program, you know, Will went through that program. Just tell us a little bit of the uh, the stats off the top of your head of how many sailors who go through that program end up on the professional scene, including the America's Cup. The program's been going nearly 40 years, the MasterCard Youth Training Program. So, you know, a long time. And when you look at give or take 40 or 50 people a year, you've got 1,500 people who've gone through the youth, MasterCard Youth Training Program. And that is open platforms, not just in terms of professional sailors on boats, but within the wider marine industry. So crew on super yachts, um, you know, shore crew, logistics crew, th this sort of thing. Uh, so it's opened a lot of doors, I think, for a lot of, a lot of people. 
Um, and it's it's a great great thing for New Zealand sailing. Even it's it's goes well beyond just the club. Mm. Often it's a really good platform. So it's how a many production line in, in many ways of um, feeding more people into the cult of sailing. Mm. And, so how uh, many AC forties are going to join the youth training program? None this year. Who knows? I mean, what, what, you know, people talk about the trickle-down effect and and I think we will end up seeing that sort of boat or even AC40s probably not that far away in, in, some, in some form of club racing around the world. You know, whether or not, it, it might take a little bit longer to get to New Zealand, it normally does, but it, I'm sure we will. You know, people... I don't think it's within the. I don't think it's ridiculous to think that in ten years there'll be a Fab Forty regatta where a couple of AC Forties are lining up, and that means that the YTP kids and the grads and everything like that get to jump on and get involved. And having that sort of exposure is, well, I mean, you know, they've had a couple of actors for a couple of years. That's been a big um, thing for for many. There's a lot of you know the club scene is really competitive in Auckland. And, you know, I think that's just all part of the, the kind of ecosystem that builds the, you know, the sailing community, you know, and you've got, and then you've got the dinghy scene, you've got it's the industry, it's uh, yeah, all mean, works together. That's really important that, you know, I think for the future of the sport that we've got dinghy clubs involved and, and that they feed into the things like the youth training program and, you know, we've got a regatta um, coming up on 27th to 28th of January between, you know, the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron and Royal Lakerana Yacht Club. And those sort of partnerships and working together for the sport, it's so important. And people say oh, it's just club signing. Yeah, it is just club signing. But every single member of, you know, America's Cup teams, uh, Volvo Ocean Racing teams, they all started sailing at yacht clubs just like just like all of us, you know. Um I was a kid, I sailed at Wakateri and yeah, still sailed past there on the on the 40 footer just the other day. And that's what it's all about. Mount, Mount Pleasant Yacht Club and an Opti. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, out in the water uh, last Saturday actually, and we zoomed on down to Howick Sailing Club, you know, in the East Auckland uh, to 40 odd P class racing. And you just have to have a look at the, the spectator fleet and the parents that are watching that. Richard Meacham, Dean Barker, uh, you know, Simon Cook, Nick Olsen. You've got some of, you know, New Zealand's top sailors and top professionals in the industry now watching their children go through the next generation of sailing in New Zealand. And, you know, a lot of those kids are actually sailing their parents or their aunts or their uncles' old P-class I mean, I think it's safe to say that the next generation of New Zealand sailors is in good hands and most of those kids are going to end up going through the youth training program. Will, you went through the program. How jealous are you going to be to see these kids zooming around on an AC40 when you had an Elliot? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to bag the Elliots too much. They were, um, <laughs> that, was a, that was an education. Um, and I think the best part of it really is the community you get introduced to. Um, most of my best mates I've met through YTP um, up here because, you know, I didn't grow up in Auckland. And so I moved here and joined the program. And, um, uh, you know, a few years later, here I am. So um, 
I mean, you know, if there's an AC40 or, or, or so zipping around Auckland, I'm certainly going to try and um, jump on for a ride at some point. Um, but I think, you know, you just look at the development in the last 10 years in the 40-foot fleet and where that's going to go. Um, one of the coolest things in the squadron ballroom is you look at all the molds of um, and the little models of all the boats over the years and seeing the design evolution and development and everything like that. And I think sometimes when you're in the middle of it and, and in the present, you kind of think, oh, well, this is where it is. But then someone goes and throws out a, you know, foiling monohull ripper and it might seem out of reach, but actually 15 years later, all of a sudden it's bloody everywhere. And I, so I think low-level flying is the future of the sport. You just got to go to Lake Pupuki or anything like that and see where it's going in terms of the materials, tech, and design. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited to see where, where the sport does go. So, yeah, I mean, a little jealous maybe, but, you know. <laughs> we got there in the end. Yep, yeah, you're a little every, jealous. <laughs> oh, but, you know, it, it, everyone's always born the wrong time, right? <laughs> True. Wingboarding, um, you know, foilboarding and all that, that's it, right? That's the people, people are doing it. It's, I don't know, fastest growing sport at the moment, I think. So I'm going to have a go this Christmas. Oh, we need to see that. <laughs> Dude, mad loops, go talk to Alan and tell him that I said to go talk to him. Um, honestly, you'll, it, the, being a sailor, you'll pick up the wind control really quickly and you just end up looking upwind and seeing, you know, what the breeze is up to. Um, it's pr- it's a pretty pure form of, of sailing, really. This is the way I think about it. Mm. Except you're flying. Except you're flying, yeah. Awesome. Now, spe- speaking of flying, just really quickly, Aaron, um, we've, we, you know, we saw the announcement of the commitment to New Zealand for Sal GP and alternating between Christchurch and Auckland and vice versa. And there's a very good chance in 2024, if it does, the America's Cup does stay here, that we could see, you know, a Sal GP event and the America's Cup around the same time. What is the squadron's involvement in Sal GP? Are you guys part of the organising uh, committee for that, to have it locally? We, we've been talking to uh, Auckland uh, Unlimited about that sort of thing. So, look, I don't, I don't know yet what the involvement exactly might look like or, or could look like, but um, I think it's great for the sport that Sail GP is coming here. I mean, it's a cool cool event. Um, it'll attract new people to the sport. Uh, it's quick, probably too quick, but, but um, that's exciting. And that's, as Will sort of mentioned, you know, that's it's the next generation. They're, they're lucky enough to be flying around and, Watching, you know, fifteen-minute races back in back in the in my day, where you know it was twelve-meter America's Cup stuff and seven point three knots. And if you're doing seven point three three knots, it was a massive gain. Yeah, yeah, it's real funny. Eh? You see sometimes YouTube comments about, "Oh, bring back the twelve-meter," and you go and actually watch one of those races. You need half a day. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I hate myself that much. <laughs> Like the pre-starts are cool, but you know, I mean, you know, you, I suppose one the other side of the coin is it's it's, and we obviously do this in keelboat racing every every week. Um, you know, you got eight or ten people out there pulling sails up, pulling sails down. Everyone's involved. Everyone's doing something. They're all, you know, pulling on lines and ropes. But 
and and you'd, you'd argue that on one hand it's it's pretty automated now and that's probably the downside but hey technology moves us on it is what it is and yeah, and you probably just get more of a shift of personnel from the boat to the shore crew and the design team. And so it becomes more of a geek thing, really. Um, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to that. Um, you, you know, the cup, the America's Cup's always been about innovation, right? It's always been won and lost, you know, probably in the design office as much as, you know, on the race course. Um, mm. Since two thousand, since eighty um, three, you know, with Australia two, you know, that was a breakthrough at the time. You know, it's wing keel, wow, it's something new, and you know, the fastest boat won. And mm. it happened in eighty seven with um, with New Zealand's first challenge. You know, Dennis Connor was that that bit faster. Damn that, Dennis Connor. <laughs> now, you just just really quickly, we want to touch on the Youth America's Cup. Last time, uh, we, you know, obviously we were meant to have the Youth America's Cup as part of the 36th America's Cup here in Auckland at the start of the year. But unfortunately, due to that overstaying, unwanted friend of COVID uh, impacted that event. Now, you had 17 entries from around the world for the last Youth America's Cup. What are you guys hoping that you're going to get for this one? Are we going to see that kind of entries? And will we will we be allowed to have multiple entries from multiple countries? Yeah, it was a massive shame for us. That and probably the, the J class for our biggest losses there, I, I, I guess, thinking back. Um, well, we, we won't see as, as big a fleet this time, but we are going to see... Um, entries from every team involved in AC37, and it is open to others as well. So um, there's, there's a bit of work to do just how that exactly looks. But, uh, yeah, we won't probably see 19 teams, but I think we're going to see a very positive turnout and some quite a bit of interest from what we're calling emerging nations, so probably not traditional sailing countries, which is the way to try and grow. Aaron, does Australia count as an emerging nation? We have to look at them one by one. I think is the uh, is the rule there. Well, I mean okay. that before, but well, they're a one while. hit. They're a one hit wonder in the America's Cup. So you'd like to think that they could have another chance at some point. It's been a while, a while between between four X for them. <laughs> uh, they've been a um. Hey, they got some good sailors at the moment, Australia. Yeah. So it'd be pretty cool to have them back involved in one way, shape, or form. And I I talk a lot to the to the guys at Royal Sydney and, and, and CYC and, and um, even even up in Perth. So and we've got a very good relationship with a lot of international clubs that we try and foster and mm. involved in, in different things. So, no, we're looking for entries. We're open for entries. So just on entries, you've got four entries uh, into the 37th America's Cup. Do you want to just uh, give us a breakdown on who they might be? <laughs> um, it, with the but most of the time with the America's Cup, it's up. Teams would like to announce their own entries, and um, and and I'll do so in, in due course. I think there's uh, been two two announcements from teams. Yeah, yeah, and there'll be obviously more to come, but that's up to the team. It's not up to us. We're just the we're just the club who takes the entry fee, I suppose. For, for now, have you got any inside information around Alingi? <laughs> What I can talk about. Nothing you can talk about. Come on, I thought we were friends. 
I look, I think it's great that Alinga are back. I, I really do. I, you know, they they caused New Zealand so much pain so many years ago, and come and try and do it again. That's where the that's where the country and and clubs and sailors have got to try and get behind Team New Zealand, so it doesn't doesn't happen again. Yeah, well, um, Ernesto, obviously, since he stepped away from the Cups, been focusing on a lot of other stuff. So the Alinga team expanded. They've just been doing other sailing. Um, and um, by all accounts, they're still, you know, firing competitive and, and actually I've only really ever heard good things about the blokes. So, yeah, Do you I, think Alinga might set up camp in Australia? I've no idea. I've no idea. I, I know they are... Um, Looking to um, announce something in the, in the before Christmas, anyway. So, oh, that's interesting. Cool. More than that about I, I think Aaron knows, but he's just not allowed to tell us. <laughs> so I want to. I want to get back to waiting uh, on what we're supposed to concentrate on. That's um, being a yacht club for a yacht club for the right reasons. I mean, Squadron has been around now. What you've you've just come into your one hundred and fifty first season. I mean, it's been around for a long time, and you know you have now been Commodore, you know, for a few years, and you've just signed on for another year, and you've been asked to do it again. So you clearly must be doing something right, Aaron. And I think you should be able to hold your head high and know that you've actually represented the squadron in a great way. I know that we've said that before to you, you know, personally, but you know, publicly here saying this, you know, you've done a bloody good job. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, it's not easy. It's not what you sign up for, but, you know, you got to follow it through and you can only do the best you can do. And if someone else wants to have a go, well, you know, get on the committees and get involved and you might, you never know where you might end up. So. Now, there's always controversy and there's always people who say things here and there and people, you know, people speak untruths a lot of the time. Is there anything that you would like to say just to set the record straight yourself on anything that's happened around this? Probably a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm quite sure whether I can say it all now. But uh, there's, there's a couple of things around the America's Cup and we tried to make this very clear last night at the AGM. And that's the defined roles and responsibilities between team and club. And I know I've said it, but the team have their own roles and responsibilities as to the club. And we can't dictate nor decide details around the event or funding. So people have said, oh, you can, you can run, run a, a fundraising campaign. By all means, go and see Team New Zealand if you want to talk about money. It's not for us to... Mm involved with so please go and see team new zealand we're not saying we can't help we will help but that's all we can do is we can just facilitate a meeting um and and i guess the other thing i'd probably you know like to say to the members um and the wider public is we are doing what we can to communicate whatever we can around the america's cup and a lot of what you have read in the media is not all true. In fact, probably only half of it's true. But we've done the, we're continuing to talk to a large number of people. Our door is always open. We've always spoken to, you know, a number of people who've put things out in the media about um, uh, how, to, how to keep 
AC37 here, and that won't change for mm. us as a club. We're still trying to do the best we can, but we've got to get them behind the team. They won the cup, and um, they're the only ones who are going to be able to defend it. So whilst a lot of people might be feeling, you know, maybe a little disheartened by Team New Zealand and everything that's going on, is your underlying message there saying don't give up on the team just yet? Wouldn't give up on the team. The team are only... If, if, if this country and the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron want to retain the America's Cup, the only chance, the only hope and the most realistic opportunity is to back... Team New Zealand. They're our team. We've got a contract with them. We're going to get them behind them and um, do what we can to, to help them. Even if that means going offshore? Even if it means going offshore. Yep, we've got to support what is possible, viable and feasible. If something comes up in Auckland, uh, if someone's got some money, go and see them. But at the end of the day, it's a money issue. No. Has anyone has anyone picked up the phone and contacted our billionaires Graham Hart and Nick Mowbray? Good answer, yes. Yeah, yes, they have. Yeah. And the response from those people? I think one thing you've got to understand from a not that I'm a billionaire by any stretch of the imagination. If if you want to invest in anything or want to put money into anything, you probably want a return of some sort. And that's completely understandable. If I'm going to go and invest something, I want to know what my return on investment is. Um, and you've got to be in behind sailing. You've got to be in behind the sport. You've, you've got to love it, I think, for, the, for genuine reasons, because there's probably not much of a direct return on investment for, in, for uh, putting money into an America's Cup if you really break that down and it's it's probably a bit like owning your own race but that's hardly what i'd consider an investment myself but i mean some people run their boats as a tax dodge program but um or you know in a business but um uh you know we're not all lawyers we're just sailors we just want to go sailing um so go out go out with your mates i'm getting the same thing so alan you're yeah, has Nick Mowbray been asked? Absolutely. The Mowbray family's been asked. Um, and, I, and I guess I can say that the short answer was they're not really into yachting enough. So, you know, they might help here and there. Absolutely. And I'm sure that would be hugely appreciated. But unless you're really into the sport or the, the outcome, probably hard to convince someone new. I mean, look at the America's Cup. We've got the international billionaires, we've got you know, Mr. Bertarelli, Mr. Bertelli, um, Sir Jim Ratcliffe. They're in it because they either love sailing or they just want to win this thing so badly and they're not going to give up. But New Zealand hasn't, we, we haven't quite got that person yet. But see, Aaron, you're a good salesman. I mean, surely you could convince these guys to get on board. I've had a number of conversations with a number of people and well, if they want to call me, they're more than welcome. Um, and I'm more than, to, more than um, happy to pass some 
grant's phone number? Well, your um, your email address is public. We're, we're more than happy to provide your phone number as a backup there as well if anyone wants to throw some cash into this. That was bloody disappointing, I've got to be honest. That yeah. uh, email you know, address in, a, in the public arena, I mean, yeah, I'm a bit dumbfounded actually as to why you'd, you'd, you'd go that way. Would the squadron take any action against that little stunt? We have had some member complaints. So, uh, you know, we've got a process that we'll work through um, in January, given that not many guys left this year. Mm. And, um, yeah, we have had some complaints. But all this noise just takes away again from the focus of what needs to be achieved, and that's to get the cup here in New Zealand. And, look, Aaron, we could sit here and talk for probably another three or four hours on that subject. But I think at the end of the day, it's just important for everybody to know that you guys and Team New Zealand are doing everything you can to get the Cup in Auckland, in New Zealand. But the reality of the current economic world that we're living in, that dream may be slipping away from us, not due to lack of trying, but just due to the current economic situation that we have here in New Zealand. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, as someone mentioned last night, and they are 100% right, COVID came along and and no one anticipated it, and it pretty much shut the world at various times. If New Zealand was able to be fully open during AC36, we wouldn't be in this you know, unfortunate situation. We'd, it would have been pretty much a no-brainer. AC36 would have been profitable. We would have had tourists. We would have had, you know, Auckland City would have had you know, bed nights and so on and so forth. Uh, we would have had the J-Class together. We would have had a America's Cup so on and so on but because of that it's made life really tough and america's cup 36 in in some eyes doesn't look particularly profitable it's fairly obvious as to why it was never going to um you know and the the new variant going around and, and it's not going to be the last one i think we're all wise enough to figure out that this thing's going to be around in a little while so we got to live with it got to deal with it and um so at some point, COVID can't be an excuse as to why we don't have really cool events here in New Zealand. Mm. On my opinion, I think we've got to move on. Um, you know, I think a lot of most of the world's moved on. Um, I, it'd be a shame if if Auckland and New Zealand turns into a bit of a backwater for events after doing what we've done so far, especially when it comes to our sport of sailing and yachting. When we what we're all about that's what we want to see well we know that sir russell coots is quite vocal on the whole situation around that especially how it did affect you know the christchurch event for sal gp which was meant to be in january 2022 to the point where i think he actually got a warning from facebook to say shut a lid on it mate otherwise we're going to kick you out i spoke a lot of sense in my opinion yeah Mm. agree i think it's interesting like you know there's been um a few of my mates and who've been trying to do yachting overseas and everything like that and you talk to them about the events that are going on and it's basically normal um you know if someone gets a bit sniffly or something they'll do a quick rapid test and and if they're not good to go they 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 stay at home but you know they're all vaccinated <laughs> all right let's not get into that right now <laughs> <Annoying>. <laughs> 
Hey, Aaron, I tell you what, it's, it's been really good to chat with you this morning and uh, thanks for providing some sort of insights into what sort of happened at the AGM last night. Overall, would you call that AGM a success? Yeah, I think so. Um, we had a great year. We had a great year and the club needs to celebrate that and, and we, um, we achieved a hell of a lot in what was a shortened year. And we always knew the... Um, the general business component where we discussed AC37 was going to be interesting. And it was. Um, there was a lot aired. There was the opportunity for members to give their um, thoughts and feedback and opinions, and, and that was all put out there. And I think in general, we saw pretty resounding support for uh, the club, certainly, and the club's position. And... Um, and Team New Zealand. So, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with the outcome. It wasn't an easy one. I won't deny that. But, you know, we got there and we're going to enjoy the weekend. And what are your plans for the weekend? Take some R&R &R and just recover from what has been a pretty uh, interesting week? Yeah, we might try and take it easy today. Uh, daughter's birthday. Might even see if we can sh sneak in a rum race this afternoon if we're lucky. I'll find a boat to hop on. Come on, just take your own out. There's plenty of people lighting up to go sailing with you. Way too much, admin, to take my boat out for a run race. <laughs> Struggling to get out for a Saturday race on time. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, hey, um, anything else that you would like to just get off your chest, Aaron, before we uh, we cut this one off? No, let's hope we can get there. Let's hope we can have have um, an AC37 in Auckland. Um, won't give up. Keep trying. Well, we're going to check. We're going to check in with you again soon because you know that you uh, you can't leave. We we won't leave you alone. <laughs> no, and it's great. And thanks to Lipside Eye because um, I think Lipside Eye does a great job for the sport in New Zealand and supports you know the local club sailing scene, and that's so important. And it filters through back upwards to the things like the America's Cup. And I, it's it's you know really good to have you know your support and across all the clubs and across all the sailing and right from then right the way through to you know, the 40s and the 52s at, at this program. No, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. And actually uh, a little bit of a shout out to an event that we're going to be going to in the first week of January is the P-Class Tanner and Tauranga Cup uh, being hosted at Murray's Bay Sailing Club. Now, but here's the clinch. We have got our expert analyst, We'll be doing post-race analysis videos and debriefs of the racing. We do know how intense P-Class racing is. So Cameron Dunn will be stepping up to give all of his thoughts and insights, just like he did for the America's Cup here in Auckland and just like he did here for the Olympics, uh, talking about all the athletes in Tokyo. So I guess everyone should stand by because Cameron Dunn will be back. And he will be uh, giving his thoughts and opinions on P-Class racing. And for those that don't know what a P-Class is, it's a teeny tiny little boat here in New Zealand for kids. And if you win the Tanner and Tauranga Cups, tell you what, you're probably well on your way to things like the America's Cup. Well, Peter Burling has won it. Dean Barker has been there. I mean, just to name a few, the list of winners of that event is huge. So we, uh, we thought that it just, you know, it definitely seemed worthy of having Cameron Dunn's post-race analysis uh, wrap-ups each day. And that's going to be supported by our great friends over at Predict Wind. So we're pretty stoked about that.
But plus, Aaron, the regatta that um, your yacht club, Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron, which is also my yacht club, and the Royal Akarata Yacht Club, which again, also my yacht club, uh, we are coming together to have this new event as a holder for where the Bay of Islands Sailing Week will slot back in in 2023. And this is just a holding event that we're going to have here for sailors in Auckland and anyone else who can cross the borders, the water borders or whatever, to try to come and race here. So I'm pretty excited about that combined event that we've got planned for the sailors. And like I said, it is not a Bay of Islands Sailing Week replacement. It is just a holder to keep everybody focused on the fact that those days are for sailing. Yeah, one-off event. One-off event, absolutely. One-off event for Bay of Islands Sailing Week, but we're all pretty pretty sad about missing it to cancel the accommodation and the and the marina and all that. But it's really important to keep the keelboat seen alive and um, keep us all together, get us out on the water, have some, have some good sailing and cold beer afterwards. Sounds uh, good. Really good fun. 27th, 28th of January. Name that regatta. I think we're looking for names, aren't we? I think I we are. We've had, some regatta. <laughs> We've had some interesting ones come through. <laughs> the Gulf War? <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Let's not do Sorry. that. There has been some interesting names come through. So I think we're uh, we're definitely open to some more suggestions. <laughs> and anybody who is uh, the, the winning regatta name actually wins free entry for their boat into the event. So we're pretty excited about that one. So more details on that event will be coming out next week. All right, Aaron. Open to all entrants, right? No, um, not just 40s, not just... Not just 40s, not just 50s, not just... Is there a kiting division? It could be. Oh, okay. I'll tell some people they should answer them. <laughs> just tell classic. them to go zimmer you around. You know, we want young 88s. We want Pieties. We want the Rosses. We want the the um, MRXs. We'd love to get the Elliots out there. You know, gosh, we might even put a fleet of lasers out there if we want to. I guess the, the beauty of this event is that we can make it anything we want as a really great celebration of sailing um, because obviously we can't go to the bay, but we can still go sailing. Mm. Sports boats out there. Absolutely. Magic 25s, maybe even the Etchells. We'll run out of crew. That's the only issue, right? But anyway. That is true. It's a good problem to have, though. Hey, Aaron, look, um, thank you so much for your time this morning. Gosh, we've been chatting for a while. And like I said earlier, we could probably chat for another two to three hours and we'd eventually get some secrets out of you. Uh, but maybe it's a little bit too early in the morning for that. We should do one of these chats later at night over a couple of gens and see how we go. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, we'll see, see you next time. <laughs>